0: Oh man, sometimes humans just connect. And this human is such a good human. I love her so much. We got to connect on the sandy shores of, it might have been a man-made lake, but it doesn't really matter where it was. It just matters that we were together and that there was a heart connect that I don't get to have very often with people because often people don't go right for the jugular. And what I mean by that isn't to cut me short, isn't to uh, do a little jab or backstab. Instead, it's to just be wide open, to just be vulnerable, to just be transparent. Mayan Gordon is that type of person. She is willing to get raw, to get real, and to address the actual elephant in the room every single time. She is not only an incredible artist, she's an incredible influencer. And I say that with the utmost in her 2.3 how many ever million TikTok followers. She is a genius when it comes to marketing and she does it from a place of transparency and just being who she is. Her story will rock you. Her story will... really empower you. And she's about to go across the country on an amazing tour of small businesses that I know you're going to want to be a part of. So find out how, get involved, get invested, and go follow her right now in all the places, TikTok, of course, but anywhere else she's there. Mayan, I love you. I'm so grateful for you. And thank you for this incredible conversation, raw, real, vulnerable. And we talk about faith from two different lenses, and so I'm excited to hear what your thoughts are. Feel free to subscribe, review, leave all the questions or comments below, and uh, yeah, tag me that you're listening. Tag my on. Maybe she'll uh, tag you back. That'd be pretty rad to be in front of 2.3 or 4 or 5 or 7 million, however many she has now. Millions of people. You guys, show up for yourselves. Tag us. Do it right now. I dare you. This is your God Wink. The moment that heaven says, for such a time as this, it's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth, and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love Whole Foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth, though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering if you're wondering, what is this? Well, This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. That was rad. That was so fun.
1: That was awesome. Your video is killer.
0: That is all Morgan Hart. She is incredible, but that was so fun to hear the music. And then you guys didn't get to see what I was witnessing (laughs) offline, but my aunt's literally like fist bumping (laughs) in the background. She's like so pumped. And that is who you get to meet today. You guys, my aunt Gordon is not only just an incredible woman of talent. She's so gifted, but her heart is literally explosive. Um, She will bring that fist bump to every part of your life. She's a cheerleader for you. Um, and she's also an incredible artist and creator herself. So I'm so grateful for you guys to get to know her and experience even just a fraction of what I got to experience when we've been together in the past. Maya, thanks for being here.
1: Absolutely. I might have to steal that um little tagline like Maya Gordon bringing a fist pump into every area of your life.
0: Uh, that could be your clubhouse intro, <laughs> just so you guys can't see me, but this is what I'm bringing. I yep. <laughs> love it. That's so good. So tell us let's go. Like, you guys, I. Let me first off get a little bit of backstory. So Mayan and I got connected and knew each other through the grapevine on Clubhouse. I've seen her in different rooms, but we got connected through our coach, Mike Zeller, who is absolutely incredible human. And uh, we went to a mastermind retreat in uh, Kissimmee, Florida. It is a place. And um, I accidentally texted a man's wife to say, kiss me. This is where I am, kiss me. And it was super embarrassing. And I had to confess to my husband immediately and the wife and say, I'm so sorry. But I was in Kissimmee, Florida. It's near uh, Orlando, near Disney World. And the very first day, we both travel and love adventure. And we got there early. And we are like, we got to do something fun. What are we going to do? So insert Mayan Gordon and Tamara Andres' relationship that just beautifully evolved. So purposed. Um, and yeah, we got to hang out in like a rad resort with waterfalls in a little creek. And I got to take her paddleboarding for the first time, which was really fun. So Mayan, let's, let's chat. Let's get to know you more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, um, there's something so special about those mastermind experiences, because when they're... You know, facilitated in a really great way. It's like we're, we're bonded for life now. Like you can't get rid of me. I can't get rid of you. Not that we'd ever want to. Um, but it's just amazing to have such a deep connection so quickly without having to go through kind of all of the like friendship dating is what I'll, I'll call it. It's just like <laughs> so getting right to the heart of, of each other and connecting.
0: That's so true. It's, it's funny because it's actually, uh, like what we did. It's rooted in play. And if you think about children, like they are like, hey, you want to go play on the playground? They don't care where they're from. They don't care what their story is. They don't care who their mom is. They don't care who their dad is. They don't care what their pocketbook says or the car they drive. They just literally are like, let's go play. And that's exactly what we got to do together. So I think if people got out of their comfort zones a bit more and they were just willing to just go play with people, um, it would be more fun. And I feel like our who you are, like, kind of in, incorporates that into everything that you do, both from TikTok and in your profession.
1: Yes, you know, that's something I've been getting a lot more feedback on recently, and it's funny, right? Like, we we kind of go through life, and we have one idea about how we're going through it, but then other people see something very different, and so up until, I would say, a couple months ago, I I really never would have said that I'm someone who's, like, extremely into play because I don't, you know, growing up, I played board games, right? Like we play a lot, I think growing up typically. And then as we become adults, we like stop playing in the capacity that we used to as children, but it, it really can evolve and shift into something else. And so, um, I may not be playing in the sense of, playing a video game or a board game. And I play zero video games. I used to be really heavy into them in in high school um, because I didn't have any friends. And so that was something fun to do. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But,
1: but now I kind of treat everything that I do with a sense of play. So when I'm creating TikTok videos, that's it's like playing to me. I'm, I'm playing with different uh, sounds, I'm playing with different ideas um, and you know in business. I'm same thing. like marketing is really the world of play. Like you get to play with different concepts, play with different messaging, play with different technologies that help you connect with people. So very much um, everything I do, I would say is is pretty steeped in play at this point.
0: That is so cool. And just to know that you had that revelation just in the last couple of months, even though it's what you've already been doing. It's like, I think that's why there's that idea of like people coming together and, and calling out greatness in one another. Um, and and I know that you you did that for me at that retreat and, and I feel like having people in your corner that are willing to do that for you um, is so critical. And I love because joy is like the word that I use, which is synchronous to play to me because I think without play, there is lack of joy. And without joy, there is lack of play. And so, teaching people how to play in their businesses is, is such an interesting concept that nobody hears about because it also um, is generally really overwhelming or stressful. Or there's anxiety in part of it. Or taking care of a team feels really hard because entrepreneurship is hard. But that with play can come hard things. It just becomes more joyful in the process.
1: That is a really great point. You know, um, it makes me think about this morning. So. I wake up, not, I don't think it's that early, but a lot of people would think it's early. I wake up around 5 a.m. And then I have the first, like, I I never take meetings unless it's really, really important before 8 a.m. I really try and push them out to like 9, 9 a.m. So today my first meeting was at 9. I woke up and I like didn't feel very happy. Um, And I think a lot of people experience this, right? And I didn't feel sad, maybe, but for me, because I am normally so happy not feeling happy kind of feels like sad, even though like I'm very aware they're completely different things. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've got a lot of practice at this point dealing with that, knowing like, okay, I gotta get outside and and start, you know, exercising. I gotta, you know, focus on gratitude. Like I have all of these, you know, tips and tricks or skills um, that I can tap into to try and get myself back to that happy place. And so I was I went outside and it it's beautiful day here in Spokane, Washington. Um, I started doing some walking. I started doing some running, um, which normally that would work. Like that would be all I needed to kind of kick me up. But like I noticed that I still kind of felt the same. Um, And so then I started really, you know, focusing on gratitude. What am I grateful for? That also was not having the normal effect to make me feel like, like, yeah, friggin' life's awesome. And I'm sure you guys can all kind of relate to it, right? Sometimes we practice gratitude and it works like magic and you you feel really grateful based on what you're thinking about sometimes though you have those thoughts and you don't really feel it as deeply kind of like in in your heart and your soul um, and so that didn't work either. So then I started thinking about this upcoming project that I've put together, um, which is the Support Small Businesses Across America Cross c- Country Road Trip that I'm going to be what? doing. What? Oh my gosh, um, you guys are so excited about, about, in a minute. about Okay. Um, and the thing that kicked me out of feeling kind of like slumped or not super energetic and enthusiastic was absolutely a concept of play. So I started thinking about ways to make this trip even more fun. And I came up with a couple ideas. Like one idea I had was I'm going to make a glass, like a beautiful glass microphone. If you guys don't know, I'm a, I'm a glass blower. Because um, part of this project is I'm going to be interviewing small businesses. And I was like, oh, that'd be really fun because people will know it's not a real microphone. But it'll be like, for show, it'll be like it. a really cool prop I and it'll tie it. into my glass glassblowing. And then another idea I had was to just like make and craft a really fun, um, artsy sign that says support small businesses. And at the end of the interview, like I'll hold up the sign with the business owner or the, the worker that I'm interviewing. And that can be like just a fun, cool, a- another thing. And after thinking about both those things, I all of a sudden was back into this like, life is great. Like, oh my God, I'm so lucky. Like, feeling all the things I was trying to get myself to feel earlier, but wasn't successful at. And I think that there's just such a magic to play because you're combining like creativity with um, generally uh, other people, right? Like play by yourself can, can be fun, but I think it's the most fun when you involve other people. And so then I wasn't as stressed out about like, you know, growing my revenue this month or like the things I, you know, the million things I have to do on my, on my to-do list. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, I think that's something that I know I can get sucked into sometimes, but I see especially happen with a lot of other people who are less in play is like, honestly, they're crushing it at life. Like they're making a bunch of money. They have a bunch of, they have a bunch of freedom, whether they're exercising it or not. Um, and yet they're still really stressed out because they've set some really big other goal, right? And it's hard to be focused on this really massive goal or project or whatever it is you're trying to achieve. And at the exact same moment, feel really grateful for where you are. Um And so it was just, I think play sometimes can kick us out of that, like, that mindset around, oh, I, I need to be accomplishing this, this, and this, yeah. and if I'm not, I'm failing into like, oh, yeah, Life's pretty dope because I'm having a lot of fun with it.
0: Exactly. And you're like existing in that place um, of relax because I think there's a component of endorphins that are released just like working out. But some people (laughs) could never look at work out like play. I do because like hiking is playing or riding my bike is playing or um, playing with my dog is also playing. Right. Um, But also working out because you're burning calories and you're, you're having a good time. But one thing I hadn't thought of until you were talking and then I put us back into that retreat place is that Mike Zeller did a really great job of this because after we just got all of these business strategies, like you came and you taught and you was like, you mic dropped on so many of our lives when it came to like our perspective of TikTok, the ability to show up and play in a, in a world that seems completely bizarre to me, um, that there are strategies to it, but it's also just do it for fun, do it because you like it. And if it's not for you, don't do it, which I loved. But he had us at the end of the retreat use our wealth dynamics that we're both stars and do these skits. And so, what went from really heavy, and I I took fifty three pages of Google Doc notes at yeah. that retreat, fifty three pages, and like not double space, you guys, like that much came out of that three days. And then he said, like, it all goes away, and just like show up as your best self, show up as the person that you are, just organically, naturally, who you love to be, and every single person in that, regardless of their role, regardless of their identity under this wealth dynamics test, if you've never taken it, try it out. Um, but everyone was playing. Even the lords, even the mechanics that we think aren't as playful as you and I because we're stars and we like to be on screen, but they're playing in the concept of their dry humor, in the concept of what they do behind a screen to keep us aligned and in track and all of these things. So um, he did a really good job of that and never even thought about how he incorporated play into that experience.
1: Yeah, and I think something that's really fun about doing, um, you know, like that style of play. And and probably this applies to a lot of styles of play and for different people. Um, But I'd love your perspective on this. For me, as much, it was lots of fun, but it was also slightly uncomfortable. Like, I'm not someone who... Oh, totally. Cool. (laughs) I'm not (laughs) alone. I didn't think I was alone. I feel like it was something where everyone was uncomfortable to a certain degree because we had to, like, go stand up in front of everyone We had like these made up ideas that we had no idea if anyone else was going to get or resonate with. And we had no practice. We were just like on the fly doing these little skits that we came up with in like 15 minutes. Um, And I think there's something even fun in that. Like I really noticed, you know what? I feel really awkward right now. But it's kind of fun to feel awkward and know that that's like not only okay, it's encouraged and It's part of what this experience is about. It's about realizing that some of the things that we go through are not going to be comfortable, but that doesn't mean that they don't have to be fun. Like something can be uncomfortable and fun at the same time. And that's not something I think we normally um, relate to or or get to experience in in a lot of the work that we do.
0: You're so right. And, And as you were saying that, and going back to that community piece that you mentioned earlier, magic of play is combining creativity and people is what you said. And it's knowing that we had regardless of what their thought pattern was going to be or how ridiculously we looked, we knew that there was like a support team. There was going to be cheerleaders. They were going to be applauding us, whether it was terrible and they had no idea what was happening or we were having fun, right? Like people applaud people who are at play because they see the joy that's ignited in their life. And they see everybody else who's around them, either laughing at them or laughing with them. There's still a component of, of community that has to be done. And I think oftentimes people get out of that play mentality because instead of people applauding they're pointing fingers and whether they're pointing yeah. fingers in shame or they're pointing fingers in expectation or they're pointing fingers in a job like you have to do this thing or as an entrepreneur you must do da. that's just not that's simply not the case like everyone gets to create every single day um, and so you're really good at that but the word that specifically spoke to me and i know it parallels to your story that i'd love for you to share is about comfort versus discomfort um, and I know you've walked through a lot of seasons of like trial in your life and it wasn't always comfortable um, so I want to hear that story but I do want to of course fast forward to the thing that you mentioned earlier I will not forget because I'm so <laughs> curious I'm so curious my mind is already spinning on ideas for you so let's hear about who Mayan um, emerged to be based on your story. Yeah. And to
1: just kind of foreshadow a little, it is like a full circle story. And I think a lot of us th- throughout various periods in our life will come full circle to previous moments in um, previous versions of ourselves even. So I w- grew up in a pretty traditional family, you know, mother and father happily married, still together. Um, I'm the oldest of four kids Grew up Orthodox Jewish, which was pretty unusual. So I went to a private Jewish school, then I went to a public middle school, and then a private high school, um, Lakeside School in Seattle, where like Bill Gates and Paul Allen went, like very, very prestigious school. From there, I went to college because I thought it was that or work at McDonald's. Like literally, those were the only options I was even aware of.
0: (laughs) Everyone is. That's all everyone thinks are the only options.
1: Yeah. And so, of course, like I was like, I don't want to work at McDonald's. That looks terrible. So, (laughs) And they don't make any money. So I went to college because I wanted to be a veterinarian. After about a year and a half, I realized one that I really hated like lecture classes and just college in general, outside of the social component, which was great. I really did enjoy that. Um, But the academic and educational structure, I was not a fan of. And I started like learning about money and realizing that $10,000 in debt was not the same thing as $50,000 in debt. Whereas like literally before I thought that I was like, if you don't have the money, what's the difference between 10 grand, 50 grand, a hundred grand? Like you don't have the money. So like, why, why does it matter how much in debt you are? Um, And so then I started learning about, you know, budgeting and finances and about how the student loans actually worked and the repayments. Um, And so I I dropped out because a couple of those factors. But then also I met my current husband and we fell in love and I was having a lot of fun just like spending time with him. Um, And two, I'd found this other kind of third option, which was you could just make money for yourself by finding work that people needed done and that you had a skill set for. So I was really good at copywriting, and there were tons of people who need, diff- needed different types of copywriting from emails to product listings to landing pages. Um, so I was able to find pretty consistent work with that and really had one or two kind of main uh, clients that were giving me a, a bunch of hours. So dropped out, moved into my own place with my boyfriend at the time, husband now, and life was going great. We're spending, you know, lots of time naked together, naked cooking, naked everything. (laughs) Um, We were, you know, going out and and traveling places like we would go on Groupon all the time and get those cool little getaway deals. Um, And so we were just having like a really great time, but being relatively irresponsible, like smoking a bunch of weed, um, drinking a lot. And growing up in Seattle, it's a very cannabis centric city and basically everyone had just discovered this way to make concentrated THC, which is now referred to as like dabs in the, the vernacular. Um, and we were making these this concentrated THC outside of our house, but we were leaving the door open. And so over time, the butane that we were using was kind of slowly pulling up in the floor of our house without us knowing, because there's no smell. Obviously, you can't see it. It's a gas. There's just no way for us to know that it was there. And then one day we were in the kitchen and there was this big explosion and we were pretty much at the epicenter of the, of this big fireball explosion. Um, and it happened so quickly. We literally had, didn't know what happened at first, but then, you know, the, you go to the bathroom, you see that you're burned, the pain kicks in and you realize, I think that I've just been in an explosion. And again, no, no real even certainty that that's what happened. Just, complete shock and not knowing what to do. So we called the, you know, 911, they came, they took us to the hospital and we had a pretty robust recovery period. I would say, you know, not a huge, um, time period in terms of physical recovery, but definitely a long time period in terms of like emotional recovery. And during this emotional recovery period, um, I really got to connect with myself much more deeply than I ever had before, because all of the distractions, all of the layers of, um, you know, pretending or of masking were removed. There was no way to hide from kind of what had happened. It was a very raw reality that I had to deal with. And so it just, I'm sure anyone who's been through like a traumatic life experience can relate to it. It just makes you think differently about, reflect differently about yourself, who you are. Um, especially when you have a relatively near death experience, you start thinking about like life. And as a 19 year old, I had never thought about life before. I was, you know, I was invincible and going to live forever. And there was no reason to to think about any of these things. So during that time period, we became homeless and moved into this 19 foot, really tiny little class CRV where almost nothing in it worked. We actually drove back down to California parked outside of where I had dropped out of school, went in every day to the library, used their internet and started up my first business, um, our first business, me and my husband together. Since then, I've you know successfully started and grown uh, four different businesses, um, only actively working on two of them. The other two, I just kind of like let go as I pivoted and transitioned based on really what was making me happy. And um, since then, in the past one and a half years, I hopped on TikTok, grew an audience and following of more than 2.3 million followers, starting getting into more social media platforms, um, and just really focusing a lot on personal growth, relationships, and continuing to really develop that sense of of play. Because back when we were homeless and um, just emotionally not very strong, I would say, there was probably a lot less play um, certainly there was some degree of play to distract ourselves from, from our circumstances, True. but, but everything was very, very uncomfortable. Like everything from wearing the exact same pair of clothes every single day to, um, you know, being down in Los Angeles, having to deal with the heat. Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle of the summer when like our RV didn't have air conditioning, we had two dogs that we had to like also deal with and manage the heat around. Um, so there are just like all these different factors that, you know, not having enough food to eat, like stomach discomfort, physical discomfort. Um, and then also just feeling like a, you know, like a loser a lot of the time, you know, walking around and being like, man, like people are looking at us. People think these things about us. But the cool thing about that was after a certain time period, you just stop caring. <laughs> and that's, I think, where a lot of, you know, when people um, kind of hear me speak or are around me, they get this sense of, oh, wow, she's kind of, she doesn't care about people's judgments, you know, as much as I would say, like the average. and And that's certainly true. I'm not immune to it. Like, I still worry at times what people think, but I can always go back to that place of being like, it really doesn't matter like what they think, as long as I'm happy and yeah. I'm fulfilling, you know, my purpose, then then they can think whatever they want. If it yeah. makes them smile, good for them.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and you do. You make so many people smile every single day, which is so amazing. Uh, I think the part that I wanted to speak, hear from and speak into um, that uncomfortable place that you were, it, it kind of rooted down towards this idea of self um, both in the lens of other people, but more so in the lens of your, your mirror, right? And that expression of emotional intelligence or, um, EQ, right? That's what you and I kind of connected over is this knowing that we've evolved, we're still evolving. Um, thank heavens that there's still more to, more ways to go, more time to, to put into that effort because it is, e- it is an effort intensive thing. You don't just wake up one day and feel like, oh, I understand who I am. Now I can live on purpose. It's, it's an evolution of self and relationship. Um, and so we also connected based on our marriages and how that has evolved in even in our own trials. Um, so I'm curious as you have continued to evolve, even as you've taken on new entrepreneurial journeys, um, how do you feel like living on purpose looks like, and how do you continue to pour into your emotional intelligence in the process?
1: Ooh, good question. You know, I think it was a lot easier to work on emotional intelligence when I was like in those bad situations because it was so apparent that I lacked it in certain areas. So like you're talking about, you know, um, my relationship and like our relationships that we've talked about with our husbands. And back when when I, we were homeless in this RV situation, there was a good like four five year period where we fought, t- had terrible fights. Like screaming, yelling, crying, like everything you can imagine, um, besides, you know, any type of physical violence, um, like, thank goodness. But that was, that made it really apparent to me, like, damn, I am clearly not as skilled in being able to be there for someone if we're having these fights. Like, I generally think about myself as a super compassionate, empathetic person, but when you have the mirror of, like, the person you love the most kind of reflecting back on you what you really are and what you really aren't, then it's like, okay, well, I got to I gotta work on this. Um, now I'm at a point where things are honestly very, very good in my life. And anytime there's a problem, I have all these skills that I've developed over the past 10 years that help me deal with them very quickly. So how do I look at it in terms of evolving past where I currently am, I think is really centered around putting myself continually in like uncomfortable situations or or challenging. Um, sometimes a challenging situation doesn't have to be uncomfortable, um, especially if you kind of have learned to like challenge, but it's it's really putting myself into things that my maybe first initial thought or my subconscious thought is, no, don't do that. <laughs> so I, I would say I, you know, steer myself towards yeah. things sometimes that I don't really want to do but can have, can find good reasons for why they're going to be beneficial to me. Um, and that process allows me to better tap into and learn about where I'm truly at in my emotional intelligence journey. Mm -hmm. Um, not only with myself, but also usually these types of things will be with other people. So for example, um, you know, saying yes to speaking on a big stage is something that, you know, my subconscious says, no, don't do that. You're fine. You've got Millions of viewers on social media. You don't need to be live in front of people. You, <laughs> yeah. you don't need to do that. That sounds scary and, and difficult. <laughs> yeah. Um, so saying yes to that because it's scary and difficult, but also because I know I'm going to learn things about myself and develop even more skills leading up to that, right? Like actually giving a speech is probably the easiest <laughs> part. It's like, yeah the day, you know, it's the week before, the day before, the hours before, the 10 minutes before when you're like literally Mm. just waiting to start speaking and all your nerves bundle up inside of you. Um, So that'd be like one scenario. I would say, you know, other scenarios are sometimes like group related things. Like I definitely want to take an improv class because it's one of the few things like left I can think of that does relatively make me feel uncomfortable even thinking about. Yeah, Um, awesome. I've heard heard incredible things from people who've taken improv classes about how how much fun it is.
0: (laughs) I love that. That would be rad. I'm actually like, okay, I need to add that into a retreat because that would be so rad to have an improv class. People definitely feel uncomfortable, but it's always one of those things that, you look at in play afterwards. That was so fun. I'm so glad I did that. And it's, yep. you know, sometimes related to adrenaline, and sometimes it has nothing to do with adrenaline. Um, and and yet there's also that component of self growth, and that's ultimately what we're here to do. I love that so much. I was think- thinking through all of the experiences we've had thus far, and one thing that I wanted to share, and it might be like an elephant in the room to some of my listeners, is we haven't talked about we haven't talked about God yet. And that's a lot of what people do. And so I want to be honest and transparent in the fact that um, talk about uncomfortable, right? Like right before we were on here, we we're talking about, um, you know, seeing each other and going to these conferences and this conference that we were, I was just at are with people that my aunt is with a lot. Every Tuesday, in fact. I think you might have just gotten off the social media show before you got here. So I actually
1: haven't been on the social media show, I would say, at least for a month. Like, oh. I've taken quite a hard um, break off of Clubhouse because Me I've been too. in a really heavy building mode ah. um, in terms of, like, I put together this whole TikTok mastermind and there's a full portal that, like... it. I'm very yeah, proud of it. Of really I'm awesome.
0: excited for you. And you guys yeah. I, we will get to all the things that Mayan does. She does a thousand things, which is so rad. <laughs> all passionate, all play. It's so cool. Um but yes, but, continue. No, I mean, I think um, and so I said, like, Oh, you I wish you were here. I wish you would have gone. You gotta go to the next one. And and her immediate response was, Let me just be vulnerable with you, real quick. And that's not people's immediate response. People's immediate response is, let me flee from this conversation. Let me run around this conversation. And then let's start the show and do what I'm here to do. Um, but this is a show called Fit and Faith. And one of the reasons that I'm so drawn to Mayan and that Mayan and I get along so well is because we're vulnerable with the things that are hard. And we're willing to address the conversation of religion and ultimately know that it's rooted in the fact that we are both human. And so uh, we've even talked offline about uh, coming together to, to help people understand like the religious divide that's been um, popularized and is sad in, in our nation and in the world. And that ultimately all comes back to love and it all comes back to human connection. And we know that that's a racial conversation often, but here we are two white girls <laughs> and having the conversation that is also a hard conversation. Um, and she knows that there is an amazing God that made her the way that she is. And that's why we're connected in our humanity of creation. And so I just wanted to say thank you Thank you for being willing to uh, come onto the show and being willing to um, have hard conversations and get uncomfortable with me and also allow me in that process to self-address and uh, become more of an emotional, emotionally well-intellectual well person, I guess is what I should say. Whole, more whole in knowing you. All right, quick pause. I love that you're tuning into this show. Really, your shares, your subscribes and reviews, even your listens mean a ton to me personally and honestly to all of us who put these shows out weekly for your listening pleasure. But are you ready? I think it's time that I put you in the hot seat for a question. If you're resonating with all of these multi-passionate, God-loving success stories, then I bet you have one of your own. Maybe you're even in the midst of that comeback. Regardless, there is a deeper message inside of you. I am sure of it. It's your why factor for living life. So here's the question. Why not turn that mess into a message by starting a podcast of your very own? It's time for you to amplify. And since I've been podcasting for a couple years now and I've trained dozens of shows into launch, I've also hit top of the charts across the globe why would you want to learn from anybody else? I'm also pretty fun and so is my team and we've put together this e-course and don't stop here. Don't fast forward. Hold up. I know you're thinking e-course, me-course. Everybody's got a course, but this one is truly as good as it gets. I give you behind the scenes, step-by-steps. My team is screen sharing exactly what they do post-processing. There are video modules and a workbook, plus we offer direct group coaching with us no videos, us live in action. Let's create that human to human connection. So really there's nothing like it. I would encourage you to go check out tamraandress.com and check out the course tab. Once you get there, there's even a free mini course option. If you want to see the behind the scenes and not really take my word for it, so you should take my word for it. You're here listening to me right now. So I appreciate you. We love you. We encourage you, but girl, boy, man, woman, father, dog, whatever. <laughs> it's time for you to amplify. All right. Now let's get back to the show.
1: One of the ways that I work on emotional intelligence, and that ties very directly to this conversation, is by asking questions where my initial feeling is you're not supposed to ask that question. And I think this is like such a fun space that you've created here right now because I I do have like tons of questions. Like, both directed at myself and at others, which Mm -hmm. is like, one, why does it feel uncomfortable to bring up religion? Like, that's not just me. That's a a lot of people, that's people of heavy faith. That's like, right, there's certain scenarios where it feels super comfortable. And then there's other scenarios where it feels like wrong, or like, you're not supposed to. And I don't have any particular answers off the top of my head. But that is something like I wonder about, like, why is religion something that can make us feel so uncomfortable. Um, but then secondarily, um, you know, why do differences in religious belief, like not just religion as a concept, because I think, right, there's people who don't believe in God, um, but there's still, I think, so much value in having conversations about it. But typically that's not happening. Like people who don't believe in God do not want to have conversations about um you know, God or or religion or faith. And I think that leads even to a larger question, which is if we don't believe something, why do we get uncomfortable talking about it? Um, like, for example, I just watched a documentary over this weekend that's about aliens. And I don't know how you guys feel. I totally want... Tamara, do you believe in aliens?
0: I, I'm going to say off my gut, no. So okay. I'm super excited to have this conversation. Okay.
1: Um, because I am someone who... I wouldn't say I a thousand percent believe, but I'm like pretty close. I'm at like an 80, 90% that there's, there's stuff out there. Um, one, just based on principle of like math and like how, how ginormous the universe is. Um, two, I would say based on a large body of evidence that has like recently come out from the government that's been like declassified like videos and like all, all of this kind of evidence, um, But a lot, right. It's a great example. Like a lot of people are going to either immediately be like, nope, aliens aren't real. Or like, yes, they're a hundred percent real. Kind of the same way people can react to religion. Like, yes, of course there's a God or like, no, how could you even think there's a God? Look at this, 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 this. Um, But then even around, okay, that's cool. Whatever you believe, I'm not trying to change your beliefs, but let's still talk about this so we can maybe learn something from each other. Um, And so even with that in my mind, it makes me question, well, even though I know all these things, why is it still uncomfortable yeah. to talk about religion? Or in the case of what you were kind of talking about, bef- the little conversation we had before, um, before this all started, yeah. y- you've ha- you've got me thinking now, it's like, why, why would I feel uncomfortable going as like a Jewish person yeah. to a very heavy, I would say Christian focused um, event. Yeah. And I don't necessarily have an answer I can communicate with the words. Yeah. I have like an answer that's like kind of in my heart, yeah. but I, I, I don't 100% know.
0: Yeah. And it's good. And I know you and I are both of those people that like, we're so eager to process that, right? Rather than to flee from it, which is why I was like, I didn't know that I was going to have this conversation with you. I don't pre-plan anything. I was just like, told her, I was, I was so excited it was you because I probably have probably had food in my teeth because I just got <laughs> finished having my non-finished salad in front of me. And I just wanted to connect with somebody who I know, like, sees me regardless of what I, the show is or anything like that. Um but I think as you were saying that, I think ultimately it's it's less about us and more about what has always been that makes it uncomfortable because you and I are are willing, like we're arms and heart wide open to have that conversation and say, why is it uncomfortable? Like, let's, let's kind of pick at what might yeah. be a scar a little bit and let's see if we can make it like fully healed or teach other people how to heal what to a lot of people is probably an open wound. Um, And that's same with with so many different political divides, any divide, right? Um, And I think religion specifically has been since the beginning of time, that this has been a conversation and a reason for war and a reason for hate. Um, Long before the conversation of race happened in our country, there was the conversation of religion. Um, And so I... I'm willing to have that conversation with you and whether it happens right now or it's something that you process and we talk about. I mean, I would obviously love for you to be at our conference later this year, Um, but I also makes me more mindful, makes me more mindful of how I show up in the world and um, how I address people and what's my language and what's my phraseology. And um, again, open arms. I talked this weekend at a Christian conference about this idea, and I think you could stand with me in it, is it's less about all the tactics, um, it's less about all the tricks and the routines and all of that, and it's more about posture. It's more, more about your heart posture towards every single thing that you do. And if we come to a person who might not have the exact same beliefs as us or isn't the same race or the same economical um, bracket or any of these things, if we come with a posture of surrender, then what can they take from you but give, and what can you do? But give in that scenario, and I think that's ultimately what humanity is about: is how can we have this symbiotic experience um, to love? That's what love is: what you give and what you take. Um, and sometimes it hurts, and sometimes it's uncomfortable, and sometimes it's miraculous.
1: Yeah, you know, as you were talking, I was doing some processing. Like, and and for anyone who has trouble processing, talk to people, just have conversations. I process probably more like, thoughts and ideas during conversations than I ever do on, like, my solo walks out in nature. Even though I do a lot of processing, it's amazing how I think your brain can, can think in different ways when you're talking with someone, because they're saying things you would never have thought of. To say to yourself, um, and so that extra, you know, sensory input is is super valuable, even just on a, a scientific level. Um, there's a different, you know, network in your na- in your brain that will process new information compared to like thoughts that you have. Um, so one of the things that I kind of thought as you were speaking is. It is a lot to do with, I think, you know, past traumas, let's call them that, that many people, I would say even most people who grew up in any type of religious scenario have some type of trauma attached to some type of religious something.
0: Totally. Um,
1: But even more than that, I think a generalized concept that applies both to the religion, but just anywhere is not being seen. Um, and when, And these are just thoughts and stories I tell myself in in my head. So these are not the realities. But the story I would tell myself in my head of if I go to this Christian uh, conference where everyone is heavily, heavily talking about faith and I'm Jewish, they're not going to one, recognize or acknowledge that my beliefs might be different, but two, they're going to try and not convert me but like inundate me <laughs> yeah. with their beliefs because they believe so strongly in them and they think that I should believe in them too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, I think in general, that whole dynamic can make people feel very diminished mm-hmm. and unseen in like their truth and what they feel. And I think the same thing's true of any, like you can apply that structure or scenario to any yeah. anything really. Right. Um, and so I'm curious, like what are your thoughts on, um, this is more like a, it's kind of two different, it touches on a lot of topics. One would yeah. be like inclusion, right? Yeah. Like, can you have a, a Christian conference or a, yeah. a faith-centered conference that is inclusive to everyone and brings value to everyone? Yeah. And what does that look like? Yeah. Um, And then also, I, I would say like, how do you make people feel seen and heard mm-hmm. without s- speaking to the things that they believe? Like, is that... You know something that can be created.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's a really big conversation to have. As uh, the immediate response to me is that, (laughs) as you're creating, um, as you're creating, period, that there should be this understanding of inclusion because that's what my God tells me to do, and that's what He did when He was here, and Jesus specifically. And if that's my faith system, then inclusion is everything. Um, and if I'm looking through the lens of love, love is knows no color, knows no um sense of religion, knows no sense of, of of anything. And ultimately, every single piece of this conversation of faith comes back to what we originally talked about, which is identity, which is self-awareness, which is willingness to get uncomfortable. And I think I think God and that, this idea of God is massive, right? And and he's so big that he has so many personality traits that I've yet to tap into that every sense of every religion is tapping into something of him because that's ultimately what it's rooted in. Even my friends who are agnostic or atheists will have these conversations with me all day long and we love each other. We're just in a different lens, And it doesn't mean that I can't borrow their glasses. I think it's so important for us to put ourselves in other people's positions, to be homeless and and experience what that feels like allows you to have an empathy level that I have yet to carry. And I'm not gonna say never and never say never and never say always, that I have yet to carry. And that's what makes our relationship beautiful because if we go to serve another person, which is ultimately what we're called to do, like serve, is we get to do it in the fullness of love and the fullness of community, because we have been able to come together in that, rather than here I am Christian and here I am Jewish and here I am um, all the other religions I'm gonna say, and and yet we're, and we're divided and therefore this person who's in the middle who feels really unseen, this person who doesn't yet know, this person who hasn't, hasn't yet had an encounter or hasn't yet been uncomfortable or maybe they've been uncomfortable their entire lives and they don't have any direction now they have no direction because all these people are fighting. All these people are against one another and warring. And this unseen person just wants to be loved. And that's our biggest call.
1: Yeah. You know, you're you're giving me ideas and we've already kind of like
0: pre- We have. You guys don't know. We have.
1: <laughs> pre-discussed some ideas. But like, how cool would it be to have a a conference that, I don't even know what it would be called, but where we have leaders from like all religions and all different, you know, thoughts and, and kind of ideologies come together and people got to experience all of them. Like for me, that's something I've always been really interested in is like, I want to learn more about Buddhism. I want to learn more about, um, you know, uh, Islamic culture. I want to learn more about like, there's, there's, probably a bunch yeah. I've never even Remember, heard of. Yeah, like, you're so right. I'm, I'm fascinated with the, you know, the way that Native Americans, like, view the world. Um, and I think there's nothing I've ever heard of or come across where all of these different people are coming together. And I think even just doing something like that could really, I think, heal a lot of the the wounds and trauma around what religion is and what religion isn't. And being more inclusive to say, you know, one, we're not here to push you in any direction. We're all just going to share our perspectives and, and, you know, share our vision through our, our lenses, our particular lenses, but that actually everyone who attends gets to help connect with each other, gets to help live more fully in their own life by, by being a part of the greater whole that does connect us all. I think that a lot of people like myself included would see these threads that tied everyone together. And we'd be like, you know what? It's really interesting how like Christians can believe something so different than native Americans, yet they both share this thing. And that thing's also shared by this. And I think that there's so much um, that's needed in terms of, especially like media and what's being put out there that shows that we're all connected and that we all, yes, we're all unique, but we're all the same in terms of our heart and our soul and and what it is that we want.
0: Yeah.
1: One, while we're alive on planet earth, we want to be seen, we want to be heard, we want to feel significant Mm -hmm. and we want to love and be loved. And that's,
0: that's it. Like that's That's what it it. is to be human. (laughs) Yeah. You're so right. And I think it would be magnificent. And I think it's, it would be It would be really raw. And I think it ultimately would only take place if the people who were coming, and I'm going to go back to that word, is were postured to come. Because if there was any other thing, it could be war. And that's what we and any religion have experienced. We felt, but we've also shown up to fight for But what if, what if surrender is the answer instead of fighting or fleeing?
1: Yeah, I think there's, there's so many like opposite dynamics that can be true, which is, I think, um, you know, what you're pointing out is one chink in the armor can be the death, right? Like if, if the sword goes through that one chink, it doesn't matter how strong the rest of the armor is. And we've all, you know, been in uh, experiences or at least heard the concept of, you know, one bad apple can ruin the bunch, right? Like we've got sayings for it. Um, And I think that's as equally true as the opposite, which is sometimes it only takes one person to make the whole thing incredible. And even if there are lots of um, people maybe who weren't postured a particular way that weren't creating the best experience that one person could create such an incredible experience that people didn't even care about the rest of it. They connected so much and had so much positive impact from that. And I think when there's always um, like one of the things I've always said is, um, you know, to be a human being is a complete dichotomy, meaning you are always experiencing and feeling Opposite things that are contradictory to each other. And it's very confusing. And that's why life can be very difficult sometimes, is you're like, I'm so happy and I'm so sad at the same time, or like I feel so empowered yet so dis disempowered at this. Like we can we have capacity, we have so much capacity inside of us that we can experience two completely opposite and contradictory things. Almost simultaneously, probably not exactly simultaneously, like it's probably microseconds back and forth.
0: Totally. Um, you're so but, right.
1: But it makes it difficult when you're trying, I think, to construct something mm. to then predict, okay, what are the necessary elements for this to go the way that I see it in my head, the way that I know it can be, can be done. So like one of the, the questions that I have, like, for example, is around conferences A question I would ask, you know, out into the ethos or anyone who's done a lot of conferences is, maybe there needs to is does there need to be an evolution where there's more audience contribution and participation? A thousand percent. Kind of like a mix between a mastermind and a conference, because one of the things I don't one enjoy a lot about conferences is they're typically all lecture style. You don't have any say as an audience member. Um, But two, doesn't that diminish the actual value that could be created in the conference? And and if the answers are yes, what does that look like to create something new that does include some amount of audience participation?
0: So this is so awesome that you said that. One, because the conference that I just witnessed did this. And two, it's already a part of the plan of mine and why it's called Kingdom Clubhouse is because I want to hear what you're thinking. I want to hear what your question is. I don't want you to never be able to speak to that person and never be able to directly ask them the question and just ponder it and have a different answer than what that person might say. Um, I think everyone's on an exploration and the person who's on stage isn't the end all be all, right? Like we are right. all imperfect humans. We yep. just have an opportunity to stand in front of you. You are just as called to stand on that stage as any other person. It's just, are you willing to get uncomfortable to do it? Just like you said at the beginning. And so The one this weekend, they literally would ask a question and they'd be like, does anybody want to come up on stage and share? And it was amazing that that person was like literally shaking and they would still be brave enough, bold enough to come up and share. And it was for the one person who ended up weeping on the other end because that's exactly what they needed to hear. And no other speaker who would who had planned to be there and had a whole message prepped met that person. It was the random person. And so putting that into a conference is so critical and why, you know, I think they try to do it with like breakouts and like get smaller, but they still have somebody in the front on stage and the Q and a doesn't happen unless you force it to happen and you stay over after and you annoy what you think you're annoying the person. I know you're busy. I know you have another thing to do, but can I ask you a quick question that shouldn't be awkward. That shouldn't be, there should be space for that. One of the girls came up to me and she was like, Oh my gosh. I just have to tell you, I watched you all weekend and you like, you sat front row when other people spoke and you went to the bathroom in the same bathroom that we went into. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, (laughs) um, I also put my pants on the same way. I'm like, what? I'm blown away in this moment because I'm like, Oh my gosh. And I literally came home on Monday and I told my team this story. And I said, never let me pee in a separate bathroom. Because what <laughs> happened every time I went to that bathroom, I met people and I got to yeah. see people and they got to see me in my humanity peeing. And I was just like them. And that is what people at conferences who who are putting it on or they're the center stage or they're the first actor. They're no act. And they're the act that just came to show up and receive. They need to be heard. So I 1000 percent value that. And I and
1: think disclaimer for all of the guys watching, this is a special thing that happens. Like women's bathrooms are like social clubs. I'm I know I to my husband and he tells me it's not the same in men's oh. bathrooms. Like you don't make eye contact. You don't oh. talk to each other. They're so, missing but, out. They're missing out. Yeah. For 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 uh most most women, like the girls' bathroom can be a really fun, like, little, it's it's kind of like our uh, our secret clubhouse that we go to. Yeah, We that's so we'll talk, good. can we even talk about you men in the bathroom <laughs> <all> together. <laughs> it's our Usually oasis. Sing, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's so funny. That's so true. Um, so I want to pivot just a little bit because we're, we're running short on time, but I've I, I am I think this was exactly where the conversation needed to go. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, but I also know that our audience has so much access to you in this moment um, because you aren't just an artist. You're not just a glassblower. You're not just a, t- a TikTok teacher. You're not just a mastermind. You ultimately, I think above all things, Mayan, I think you're a thought leader. I don't know if you've ever called yourself that, but you... Um, you research and you ask the hard questions and you get uncomfortable and you've been and lived life, but you're still currently living life and you're okay with talking about it. Um, so I'm curious, like what's ahead, what's ahead for my on and how can people get into community with you in that process?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think of myself as a thought leader, although I would probably not use that term very often because it can be seen as pretentious especially right like i'm very aware of like you're describing before the the dynamic that exists out there and i'm aware that i'm too young to call myself a thought leader by society's <laughs> standards right we have these judgments around
0: um, what that looks know, like sure, what sure that it. looks like yeah,
1: yeah. um but i am very interested in how do i take my i mean i think this is very common with people how do i take my special gifts and talents that have served me and how do i use them for a greater good and that's been a pretty wide open question for the past 3 4 years of my life where i haven't had any distinct direction like i've you know on a small level okay i could create this product or service to to serve people i could create this structure Um, but I've been in a incredible mastermind the past, uh, yeah, it's only been like a month. It's crazy how sometimes masterminds can feel like you've done a lifetime's worth of work. And I'm like, oh, it's been like a month in one week. (laughs) I love it. I love it. But, um, since I've been in this mastermind, we've been doing like just really, really big level thinking. And so my mind's really shifted to how can I start a movement? And what does that even mean? And so my first attempt and um, venture into starting a movement is around this trip that I've been planning for more than a year with my husband. We want to move full time into an RV. We're going to rent out our house that we own um, and we're going to travel the country and just connect with people and experience new things and learn from different people in different places and and grow as human beings, but also just have these, you know, incredible memories and experiences. And I realized that all of the things I was already planning to do could start a movement and bring something of such a higher level of value into the world instead of just into myself. And so what that's culminated in is now we are launching, um, our goal is to leave at the end of September, possibly early October, on the Support Small Businesses Across America cross-country road trip. And so what that looks like is we're going to visit 100 cities, we're going to share a 100 stories, and we're going to raise $100,000 for small businesses. And we're, we're going to end up visiting probably a lot more than 100 cities, but it's a great tagline <laughs> <I love laughs> to, to say it that way. Yes. Um, and I think it's also fun to have like a structure and a plan yeah. Then also room to deviate from the yes. plan and be like, bonus stop detour. We're yes. going to this sort of place because we met this person and they told us about this crazy little store that we had to go. Vi- right. Like I'm yes. sure. If you, if you've I, tripled, I know, I'm like, you're going
0: to come to Virginia Beach, right? Because I have so many places you got to go. So yeah. And, and that's the thing.
1: It's really about how do I take the incredible experiences I've had around human connection, around being able to use social media to share stories, to impact people. How do I combine all of these things that I've dabbled in, that I've learned about, that I've, um, you know, developed expertise in, how do I combine them into one super powerful movement? How do I combine them into one super powerful connected endeavor? And so that's what uh, I'm working on now. And I'm sure it'll lead to many more, you know, things in that realm of how do I harness not only everything I've done, yeah. But things that other people are passionate about and wanting to do. So part of this, you know, part of the extra responsibility I've taken on from it just being like a family road trip to it being something where I'm trying to start a movement is I have to get a bunch of other people involved. Like that's mm-hmm. part of my responsibility now is to find other businesses who who have this mission mm-hmm. of supporting small businesses, large businesses and small businesses. Um, for example, just the other day I was at a, a pie shop that I I met through Instagram. and. In addition to her being a small business, she's incredibly passionate about helping the other small businesses in her area. And I think that's something that we wouldn't think is always true because we have such a, society's given us such a competitive focus, but so many people are not thinking that, oh, that other store is competing with me. They think, oh, that same that store's in the same community with me. So we're creating together within our community. And that's a message and a spotlight that I really want to shine instead of things being competitive because that is for sure like the business. If you look in the business world, that is like the messaging. So much. you're competing. You're competing yeah. with your other with these other businesses. If you don't get it, they're getting it. They're stealing your market share. Right? Like even the term market share, um, I think, is a competitive focused term. And in reality, there's infinite amount that we can all create together. It We don't have to be taking from one another. That doesn't have to be our reality. Um, yeah. It can be, instead of it being an either or type society, we could be mm-hmm. an and. Type mm-hmm. society. Mm, that's, um, so good. That's, that's what I'm super excited
0: about. right now. I'm so excited for that. That's amazing. I'm thinking of all these cities you have to stop in that I've been to. That's so epic. I'm thinking of the book that's going to be written afterwards. I'm thinking, should you have yep. a live show in like a room, like a podcast room on the RV? Like, there's so many ideas. So, right? yeah, we actually,
1: we are going to be doing a, so the culmination yes. of the project, because we're going to run a Kickstarter. And with Kickstarters, there has to be like a finished product at the end of it. And Uh so that was good for me to like go that route to be like, yeah, like, how is this going to end? There there has to be an end at some point. And what does that look like? So we're going to put together a book of a hundred of the stories. Again, we're for sure, I would guess we're going to end up with at least 500 to a thousand stories that we're sharing across social media platforms. We're going to launch a YouTube channel with this, Um, but a a book that people can buy um, with a hundred of those stories and like pictures of people and everything. And then also a short film. So I'm going to be doing a weekly episode on a YouTube channel that kind of summarizes the week, very kind of blog style, Yeah. Um, but then we'll condense down and re-edit all of that footage into a a short film as well.
0: So incredible. You guys, this is like how my brain works. Like I'm not going to go to sleep tonight because I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, my aunt has to do this, (laughs) she has to do this, they have to do this. It's such a cool concept and it's so needed. Um, What I think is going to be really cool, the conversations that come, that emerge from like everything that happened with COVID. Like, were did you happen to yes. emerge your business during COVID? Did you survive? Did you thrive? Like, what does that look like? Will be really neat to know. I'm also thinking of the smallest businesses that might be out of somebody's garage or yes. somebody's shed that are doing phenomenal things, but they've gotten it right in the sense that they don't need something flashier. They don't need the storefront and the brick and mortar. They've gotten it right in other ways. So it's going to be so cool. I'm super excited. You know, fun. and this
1: is, this is why I love you, Tamara. It's like your, your line of thinking is literally the same line of thinking that I've had like another, and there's so much um, kind of that I do want to spotlight, but like, I want to shine the spotlight on people who either don't consider themselves a small business the way that we talk about small businesses or everyone else doesn't. So for example, artists, artists are small businesses and they have so much value that they bring. Or like you said, that, that mom who's baking, um, like cookies out of her kitchen and selling them at the bake sale. She's a small business. And like all of these people, all of these small businesses make up our communities and they make up, you know, the United States. And I imagine they make up a, a large part of the world. I haven't been to enough countries to like, you know, say yes. this is a global thing. And certainly yeah. in some places, I think the dynamic is very different in terms of how businesses exist yeah. or can exist. Um, but here in the US, like small, bills, bi- small businesses yeah. built America. Yeah. Um, and that's so I want-
0: literally what I was thinking. I'm like, that's the American dream. The American dream is not Pfizer. The American dream is not Toyota. It's amazing. It's great. That's awesome. But it's not what I think it started as. So I love that because the ultimate mission in that that I hear is exactly what we are striving for in what we if we created a conference like that. Or even when you look in the mirror at the end of the day, it's to provide hope. It's to provide this knowing of, of love. And it's to provide a surrendered heart to say, we see you. And you're not alone. Um, I think it's epic. I think that everything that you always share has such depth to it. And I'm so grateful that my community got to hear from you. It will not be the last time. Um, And I I have to talk to you offline because I won't bore my people. But it's so exciting for you. I actually, um, for a year, helped a $1.2 million build-out of a tour bus travel around the United States. So So there's so many storylines. God is good in all his ways. And so, you guys, I'm so grateful to have you, Mayan. Is there any? I know TikTok, she is not Mayan Gordon, so don't look at her there. She's there, but you can find her. But it's House World of Glass. Of, Glass yeah, World TikTok. of Glass. I always say House of yep. Glass. World yep. of Glass. And then on Instagram, are you Mayan Gordon Media? Yeah. It's
1: very confusing because like any of the names I would want to pick across all the platforms, they're always taken on at least like two or three of them. Um, So the cohesion is not there, but
0: it's okay. okay. And then there will probably be another one that comes alongside this whole mission. So um, just stay tuned and I'll share all the things. So if you can't find her, I'll share it. Mayan, you're a gift to me. You're a gift to so many, and I'm so grateful to know you. So thank you for being here. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And just the last thing I'll I'll share um, is, you know, if you have any type of dream or vision or something you want to do in your heart, the best thing you can do to take a step forward is just have conversations with other people. Because honestly, a lot of where this trip and the whole idea evolved from was me talking to someone about the the tiniest fraction of it and them suggesting I talk to someone else about it oh, this person might help you. They might have ideas. And just letting other people share their ideas with you can can give you the best ideas you've ever had. And so, you know, this trip already is not just something that I came up with. It's already been spoken into by so many other people. And I'm excited to hear, you know, what Tamara has to share with me offline that I'm yeah. sure is going to make the trip even better.
0: So incredible. Thank you for that last nugget, you guys. Mike job and we'll see you next time. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith_podcast underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time.
1: The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, You can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible
0: Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.